definitely for me was just to believe what was possible and to always think bigger. Because when you're in that struggling space, you know, all you're trying to do is get out of it and have that, that one studio that works. And that's awesome. But I think if you kind of 10x your goal, um, as good old Grant Cardone would say, then it makes everything just seem a bit more achievable. So, you know, if you kind of think, nah, one studio, it's really, it's doable for anyone. It's the same process. Like it really is just a blueprint model that you follow and it will work for any business. You just need to know what that blueprint is and that formula is. And that's what NPE have showed me. Like it's the same things for everyone. You look at the numbers, you do the right things and your business will work. And it's really not magic or luck or anything. You just follow the process. And then as soon as you stop thinking that the big highlight is one successful studio and you start thinking bigger, then the one successful one isn't, you know, it's not scary anymore. It's totally doable. Hi, this is Sean Greeley and welcome to the Secrets to Their Fitness Business Success Podcast, where industry leaders share their secrets, strategies, and step-by-step systems to turn your fitness passion into a highly profitable business. Now, after you've listened to the show, head on over to npefitness.com slash podcast to download the show notes and get access to our free e-course on how you can start and grow a profitable fitness business. You'll see how over 45,000 fitness entrepreneurs have created more profit, revenue, and happiness with their business and get instant access to our three most popular fitness business building guides. The training is 100% free and you can access it now at npefitness.com slash podcast. Now let's get on to the show. All right, coming to you from Los Angeles, this is the Secrets to Their Fitness Business Success Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Greeley, founder and CEO of NPE, and this is episode number six, Think Big, Take Risks, and Multiply Yourself to Grow, how Carrie grew from part-time trainer to six locations in franchising. I'm very excited for this interview with Carrie Summers, uh, founder of Altitude Poland Fitness based in New Zealand, who's also uh, an MP member of the year. She's been MP client for several years now. Uh, Carrie is very impressive. She's a former software engineer, athlete, incredible entrepreneur, mom. Uh, in this episode, you're going to hear about Carrie's journey from part-time instructor to owner-operator of her own facility and then multi-location owner, and now franchisor, franchising in New Zealand uh, and internationally in the UK and USA. You know, after many years of working with thousands of fitness entrepreneurs around the globe, I can tell you that the reasons most people fail to achieve their goals are they think small, they don't take big risks, they just kind of play it safe, uh, and they try to do everything themselves. And Carrie is incredibly successful because she breaks all those norms and then some. She thinks big, she's not scared to take massive risks, uh, and she's not like 20 and single. She's a mom, she has a family, she takes big risks. Uh, and she hires great people and then gets out of the way to, and to let them get the job done. Uh, you're gonna learn a lot in this episode from her interview with my teammate, NP success coach, Rick Isaac. Uh, so be sure to take notes and let's jump in. Well, hi, everyone, and welcome to another one of our super exciting student interviews. We've got an amazing story to share with you here with Carrie, and she'll explain more of that as we go on. It's an incredible adventure story, if you like, in terms of growth with business. Um, Carrie, um, having started off in, in quite a modest situation, but has now got to a, a much, much bigger stage. So, uh, and both metaphorically as well as, as physically as well in terms of the stage. So before I steal any of your thunder, Carrie, tell us a little bit more about you, you, you where you're from and your business model and sort of clients that you serve. Uh, yeah, so yeah, hi everyone. Um, so my name's Carrie. I'm based in Christchurch, New Zealand. So a little bit further away, I think, than most people with the NPE. 
Um, and I run Altitude Pole and Fitness. So we're kind of a pole dance fitness studio. And then we also um, do supplementary classes around that. So our kind of core business is anything that's a little bit trendy, a little bit fun to do with fitness. Um, we kind of like to make the focus more on getting our students' confidence up and making them really proud of what they can do rather than what they look like. So we don't focus on weight loss or anything around that. It's more learning some cool skills on the pole or the silks or the hoop. And just, yeah, getting people a community that they can um, really thrive in and start feeling proud of themselves in. Very supportive kind of place. Um, and yeah. <laughs> Oh, I love it. And you've really got um, some clear target markets, don't you, and two is, in terms of who is your ideal client. Share a little bit of that with us. Yeah, so it's probably, with pole dancing, it's very much um, a female-dominated sport or industry, I guess. Uh, so definitely the way we've priced ourselves, we target those uh, young professionals, so not necessarily students, probably from 25 to 35-year-old females. Um, and that's quite an easy market to get in front of, which is quite useful with social media these days. So that's really handy for us. But there's also definitely um, a lot of older people that do it and we're getting more guys into it. So some of the parkour people and the extreme sports and snowboarding, um, they kind of join us more for the silks aspect and then secretly transition to pole once they feel a bit more comfortable about it. But yeah. It's a wide market that we reach, but it's a very um, easy one to dominate and yeah, to target in terms of who it definitely attracts. I love it. I love what you said there as well about being not only fun, but at building that sense of community and having, you know, had some prior knowledge as to, to what you do and how you do it. You know, that's really what you've, you've been able to create and the experience that your clients get uh, is so supportive that even even that in alone is, is worth them continuing to invest with you and, and continuing to get that support um, as part of that community, which is just super powerful. Um, so yeah. let's talk a, a little bit about where you were prior to NPE. So before you found us, you know, talk to us about what the, what the facility looked like then, how many team players did you have and, and where were you at with the business at that stage? Yeah, so it probably would have been about three years ago now. That's, it might be going faster than I realised. Um, but I basically had uh, two studios myself, so one in Christchurch and one in Auckland North Shore. Um, I had just had my first child and was basically running this hobby business because pole dancing is something that a lot of people are very passionate about and I was very passionate about. And I knew how to teach pole and I could write really good curriculums. But in terms of running a business, like I had no idea what I was doing. And the studio had all right numbers for um, students that we had in, but we didn't have any sort of membership system. It was a pay-as-you-go, casual, buy a 10-pack of classes kind of system. Um, so I had no numbers to work off. I remember, yeah, signing up to NPE and, and you guys made me fill out this form of like how many leads do we get a month and how many members do we have? And I, was, I couldn't answer anything. So it was very inconsistent. While it was quite a successful studio in terms of its name in New Zealand, because we did quite well at competitions, with pole dance competitions, because we could teach our students well, there was no consistent income. Um, I had a lot of instructors doing one or two hours each on top of their full-time jobs. And so they were doing it just for fun as well. So I couldn't really rely on them as much as I needed to. Um, but I kind of just it got to the point where I'd accepted that, that it was just something I was doing for fun. 
and I loved it. So I was kind of okay with not making money off it, but it was definitely getting to a point where I knew I couldn't continue forever like this and something was going to give. I either had to make it work financially and make it worthwhile um, and free up myself a bit, or it was going to suck out all of the joy and all of the passion that I'd that I had for pole, which would have been heartbreaking looking back at now. If I'd have got to that place, it would have been, would have really, yeah, ruined me. <laughs> well, I was fortunate, fortunate enough to be part of those early conversations that we had together. And I remember you explaining to me that since you had your child, um, you know, that was really starting to happen for you. There was becoming a chore and rather than a joy. And because there was no financial reward from it, there was sort of this growing feeling of just, why am I even doing this? You know, I'm, yeah. you know, and it was, it was a make or break at that time. So we spoke about it specifically then. And I know you talked about, well, do you even continue? I mean, you had, you had thoughts at that stage of just pulling the plug all together, right? Yeah. Well, it kind of got to that point. I knew that if I continued the way I was going, then it would just be something that I ended up hating and I didn't really want to get to that point. Um, and I guess, yeah, there was always the option of going back to a full-time job and, you know, getting paid by someone else and no stress and money coming in. Um, and that was kind of the choice I was facing and giving it all up and all the years of hard work for, you know, just a good ride, basically. <laughs> yeah. Well, I know you spoke at the time as well that you were, you were really passionate about helping people uh, in the pole community because even though it was even newer and is still relatively new, I guess, in terms of industry terms, one of the things that you recognised back then was just how empowering it was to be in a supportive and create a supportive environment, especially for that demographic who are often not really supported in, in other aspects of their lives. Um, and you were passionate about doing that on a bigger scale, but you just couldn't seem to make it work beyond the two. And the thought of doing more was terrifying because then it meant you doing more right yeah I don't think I even um considered that there might be a third or fourth at that stage I think just being able to make two work would have been you know the epitome of what I could have achieved back then um but yeah it, it definitely is the kind of people we get in it, it forms a really deep family at each studio and you see it at all pole studios it's definitely not just altitude um I think we've just identified that really well and and worked on it until it's kind of systemized now creating that community um but to shut down studios would have been heartbreaking for so many people and you do you see so much how much it helps people not just physically but mentally and um to be able to bring that to more people has been amazing it's been such a good part of this whole journey well, you've certainly been able to bring it to more people, that's for sure. And and that's what I wanted to, to talk to you. We talked about where you were and the stressful situation, new baby, um, you know, things that, you know, you're just running as a hobby, not making any money, um, losing your passion and, and feeling as if you're going to start to hate it soon. So where are you now? What does things look like from an altitude perspective, pardon the pun, right now? Oh, completely different. And like I said, I, where we are now wasn't even part of the plan back when I joined MPE. It was, when I joined, it was just to get two studios working in a way that I could live my life. Um, so now we've got six locations around New Zealand. Um, so I still own the first one and co-own the second one, and then the other four are franchises. Uh, so yeah, about eight months ago, maybe August last year, we launched our kind of franchise campaign. Um, and it's just, it's really grown way faster than I would have expected. 
And I think my focus has changed from, like originally, like we were saying, my focus was helping those students find themselves and grow into somebody they, they deserve to be. But then I started seeing what I'd got out of owning a studio and the lifestyle I have of having this business that I love to the core and it actually does provide me with this amazing lifestyle. And I wanted to start providing that to people because I knew so many people who either wanted to open a studio or had opened a studio and they were in the same position as me. They were doing it for the love and just couldn't make it work and couldn't even give up their day jobs. So yeah, my focus is definitely switched to helping people um, have a business that serves them and that they are just incredibly passionate about. And so, yeah, we're on to six locations and we'll, um, in June, we're gonna start the next round of looking for the next lot of people. We've got a couple more kind of lined up. Um, and it's, it's really exciting to, kind of take that whole pole thing and move it in a different direction for for me and see a different side to it with the owners of studios now so it's and as i said at the start this really has been this is an adventure story um you're sort of you know the the equivalent of the um the lara croft of the the pole world um you, <laughs> you, awesome. i mean this you haven't just done this um without anything else happening in life either right because you yeah. having your first child, what else has happened personally for you during the last sort of three and a bit years? Yeah, so um, a year ago, I had my second child, and I think that was definitely, um, I don't know if milestone is the right word, but an eye-opener, because when I joined MPA at that point, having a second child would have just been impossible, because I couldn't have taken the time off to run the business and have a second child. So being able to yeah have a second child and take that three months off when I had him and the business not just sustained itself, but it actually continued to grow while I was doing nothing. Um, and I managed to pass my government maternity leave onto my husband. So he had three months off paid as well. And yeah, it was amazing. And that's the kind of lifestyle that is really that I want to pass on to other people that this is possible. Um, and then, yeah, since then we've moved studio so for my Christchurch studio the original we moved into a new location because uh, we outgrew the old one we hit capacity and we went I was just going to go double in size to like a big two-room studio and then walked into this place and it was four times as big and it was a big scary decision and like again nothing I planned for but I saw it and I was like yes let's do it so opened up this new location that's four times bigger than my old one and within a year we'd hit capacity there as well and we're sitting at capacity at that one as well now so there's definitely been a lot going on um yeah it's been it's been an adventure <laughs> a really cool one and i i mean it really it, it's it, it's incredible to look at it because we're talking a really short space of time here right you know it's you know three and a half years and not, not quite and you've gone from having two which were essentially hobbies that were stressful hobbies uh, at that as well because you had all the usual dramas with you know with staff and with clients and with marketing and with sales and business management that you had that anyone has anyway um, feeling yeah. as if you were going to really lose your passion for it end up hating it and now you're in a situation where you're not only living your passion um, but you're also able to create a lifestyle for yourself and you're now doing that with the people who are investing with, you know, an altitude franchise too, which is super exciting. Um, and it's, mm -hmm. it's incredible. 
and what you've been able to achieve. Now, I do want to talk to you about some of the challenges because I know that you've you've had them along the way. What would you say in those since you know? joining with us and, and working through it. And I know you do love a challenge as well, and we've done that repeatedly with you, is to continue to challenge you to think outside the, the initial plan because of your skills and dedication to it. What have been some of the biggest challenges for you that you've faced, Carrie, and, and you know, share what that's been like for you? Um, I think for me personally, it was always just my time management. So, um, with one kid and now two kids and a big part of moving forwards with this lifestyle was finding my own time to do training because training for pole is something I'm really passionate about as well and I don't want to lose that just because I own a studio or whatever um and so I kind of always set myself a goal of not doing more than 20 hours a week um so at every point of the way it's it's definitely been a challenge but I think it's also what created this amazing business system because I had to hire people into all the roles where it wasn't worth me doing those those um, tasks and I had to get very clear on what those roles were and then very clear on how to train people up and how to kind of keep track of how they were performing in those roles and how each section of the business has been performing so it's really forced me to systemize everything and create this business model that I know works and I think that's why the franchise systems are doing so well is because I had to personally keep this business running without me in it too much. Um, so it's, yeah, I think that's been a challenge because every step of the way, it's been very tempting to drag myself back into it. And, you know, when I decided to franchise, it was one of the things I had a big discussion with my husband over and I was like, if we're going to do this, then yeah, I'm going to try and make sure I don't do it without me sucking back into the business and losing all my time again, because you know, the goal and having this end goal of 100 franchises or whatever it is, is awesome. But if I don't enjoy the process, then there's absolutely no point. And I think that's what I really learned from back in the day, that there's, you've got to enjoy your life and enjoy the whole process. The goal is just pointless otherwise. Um, so yeah, the time management's been a big one for me. And every step of the way, almost every week, I have to reassess what I'm doing and just be like, is this worth it for me to be doing? Or can I get someone else doing this? And then how do I measure that? Um, and then, yeah, not being in the business, just making sure there was a good way to keep track of how the business was doing. So I didn't lose sight of everything. So my time's pretty much just been in meetings now, which is <laughs> slightly frustrating, but also like, it's good because I can kind of basically say, this is what I want happening and tell me what's going on. And then it goes and gets done. And I'm no longer bottlenecking any of the processes. Um, but it has meant that it's been a longer time before I got to draw an in a decent income from the studio. Um, so I guess it was another challenge, but that was a decision I made that I would prefer. And it's, it's worked out in the long run really well, I think, going down that path. Yeah, I don't know if that was a challenge, but it's definitely been something that I've kept a focus on and, yeah, ended up being a positive. And I think you've highlighted two really important things there for, for everyone listening to this call, because there's, there's often a fear of, of growing bigger and having to do more. You know, if, I'm, if I get even busier, if I'm more successful, or even if I start to become successful, will I have to do even more work? Because yeah. that, that, that perception often holds people back. And I'm sure there's a bunch of people listening to this going, yeah, well, that's, that's where I'm at. I've just, the thought of growing and having to do more, I'm already doing so many hours so I, I yeah. think 
there's a couple of things that I love what you're saying. You you had to structure. You already had one child who's not, you know, they're not 15 yet. You know, they're only three. So you need to, there's still a lot of time requirement there. Um, and so you had to structure the business in a way that you weren't doing so many of those tasks that so many business owners just take on board themselves because they don't want to pay for someone else to do it. Yeah. There's not quite enough money in the business anyway. So they end up getting stuck doing administrative tasks and menial things. Um, so you being able to, to work on a system for that's really powerful. Yeah, it's definitely paid off. And I think it was really scary because you do, you look at the income and you're like, Oh, I don't really know if I can afford this person, but it's always such an investment. And every time I've done it, it's paid off in the long run because it's allowed the business and I think that is why things have happened so fast because it hasn't been down to one person doing it. I've built an amazing team and pretty much quadrupled like the amount of stuff that can get done rather than me doing everything. Um, but yeah, it's definitely been a challenge, I guess, holding on to that same kind of control while giving it up that balance there. Well, that's a great point. I wanted to touch on that because there's a lot of people who, again, are stuck because they've either tried to get someone else to do it in the future and it hasn't worked and the whole, well, I'll just do it myself then. Um, yeah. You know, I can't trust anyone else. I'll just do it. But you really made a, you know, a line in the sand there and refused to, to be dragged back into it, as you said. Um, how has that been for you? Because you have to give up some control while you're trying to keep some control as well. Yeah, yeah. And I think it is, it was hard to start with, whereas now <laughs> I don't know if I've gone the other way and I've got really lazy with things. Um, but definitely the people I've hired and I've found some amazing people who have uh, strengths in areas that I don't. So it's been really good to be able to take those things that I know I'm not good at and give them to someone who I know is really good at it. Mm. Um, and then I kind of just focus on the big picture. And then again, we've come up with a really nice way of basically tracking the business in numbers. So I can open a spreadsheet and everything from all over like areas of the business are collated in this one spreadsheet and then they're color coded like green, orange, red. So it's very easy to get a quick snapshot of how the business is doing and then jump straight in and talk to the person whose area that is and um, still kind of keep that control that way. And again, that's worked really well for the franchisees as well because not only can they build a company that they will eventually get out of or they start out of it completely. Um, but we can talk to them every couple of weeks and, and go over these numbers with them and it, it can make everyone aware of what's going on and how it's tracking and just make things a bit kind of proactive rather than reactive with the businesses, which is really important. So let me just clarify here. You've gone from uh, essentially a hobby where you knew no numbers. Um, and I remember on our first call when I was saying, oh, well, you know, how many leads? You're like, oh, a few. <laughs> I um, don't want to leave us. <laughs> um, and to now knowing the numbers, you know, it, it, to, to the nth degree, how much has that, because there'll be a lot of, a lot of people are scared of the numbers, right? I mean, we, we either don't want to track them or maybe we don't want them to look the way they look because they're not going to look good. How has that been empowering for you just knowing exactly what all the metrics are in the business? Oh, it's so important because that is exactly what has allowed me to step out. If I didn't have that, I would have lost control of what was going on. Um, but yeah, being able to look at a single spreadsheet and we're adding to numbers all the time and, you know, adapting what those numbers are and tweaking what we need to know. And it's definitely an ongoing process of, you know, there might be a line in that spreadsheet that we don't look at. So we get rid of that and then we think what will be useful. Um, 
but yeah, that is fully what has allowed both me to step out of the business as much as I have, but also with this whole franchise process to give confidence to the owners that um, both they can look back at what every other studio is doing, they can compare their studio against all the other studios, uh, and we can fully see like what's going on at a high level and where the problems are. So yeah, it's it's been everything. And I yeah, back I had no idea on the numbers when I first started and now I live by them. <laughs> and I have just learned to love spreadsheets and make them work. Um, we've tried a few different systems for tracking them and like dashboards, but we just keep going back to spreadsheets. It's just easier to manipulate them and yeah, work with them I think. Well, I guess once you've, and, and yours is an exciting story, adventures we keep saying, because you have taught yourself just really how to recognise the numbers and how to enjoy them and not for them to become a nightmare, which is which is awesome. Yeah. You mentioned another thing there as well, which tends to happen to a lot of people in the industry, is that their own personal health ends up being sacrificed for the business and in for them to grow, they end up just doing more and more and more hours, which obviously is what you, you've, you didn't go down that path, which is why it's so impressive, your growth and, and dramatic growth. Um, and just recently, and you know, I, I do want to bring this up because it's really important on the weekend recently, you competed in the, the national championships, right? The New Zealand. Yeah. One of the, yeah, national, there's a few now. They're okay. Up. And, yeah. and you know, how long has it been since you competed? Um, so it's been, yeah, two years since I last competed uh, internationally and five years since I last competed in New Zealand. Gotcha. Yeah. So you've, you've three, you know, a bit over three years ago, you've, you've got two facilities, you've just had a baby, life is going crazy. Um, you've now grown incredibly in that period, both your family with having another child and also now getting to six facilities. And in the meantime, you've also maintained your own health and fitness. And after not competing in New Zealand for the last five years, you competed on the weekend and won. Yeah. Yeah, against all the 20-year-olds. <laughs> I mean, that's just, yeah. that's, that is so amazing, Carrie. And I know there'll be a lot of people on this call yeah. thinking, how did she do that? I mean, I can't, I can't even get my own workout in once or twice because I've got so much stuff to do. Yeah. Um, whereas I think that, as you said, you know, being able to delegate efficiently and by making some of those smart decisions, getting people to help you so that you, yeah. you up a, you know, you've only got some certain strengths that you're aware of now and you get other people who've got strengths in the areas that you don't. So that being said, and it's super impressive. Congratulations. I was so, so okay. excited for you when, uh, when you said that to me earlier. What would your, your lessons it learned be your, your favorite lessons learned over the last sort of three and a bit years of working with MPE. What are the biggest takeaways for you, Carrie? Oh my God, there's so many. Um, I think definitely taking, not being scared to take risks with the business. And I guess a big part of that is keeping it in perspective. Like, I don't know if this is quite the right thing I should be saying, but I've always kind of thought every big step I've taken, I've always kind of thought, you know, worst case scenario, lose the business, go bankrupt. And then I'm like, well, that's not actually that bad. I've still got my family. Like we can rent a house if I have to sell a house and I'll go work at McDonald's or something. We'll do something new. Like it's just what I'm doing right now with my life and it's working right now. And if tomorrow it stops working, I've had a good time. Um, and so that's kind of allowed me to take a few big risks with the business and push a little bit further. And I'm not saying you have to be stupid about things, but you know, it's not everyone that 
can take those kind of risks. And I think if you can be that type of person who can, then that's what's going to put you ahead of, of other people and, and grow the business. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's been a lot of scary stuff happening, but also kind of taking your own advice. Cause like you were saying before with the health and fitness stuff, I mean, I'm sure everyone listening to this call has said that to their own clients when they're, you know, trying to keep a member and that member's saying, I need to cancel my membership because I'm really stressed out at work. I don't have the time. And I say over and over, like to our members who say that, like the first thing you let go of is your health and fitness when really that should be the first thing you hold on to. Mm. When things are getting stressful, like you need to make that a priority. So if you're saying that to someone else, you know the answer. You just got to listen to it yourself. Like, and it can be very counterintuitive to, to hire someone when you don't think you can. But again, it just allows things to move at a quicker pace as long as you hold on to those people well and treat them well and you know you do good hires i guess that's the other big lesson oh there's so many lessons i don't even know if there's been one it's just like an endless thing of stuff that i've learned and some things have worked some things haven't but um definitely for me hiring people and creating an amazing team has been my biggest um achievement i think yeah and that's that's been impressive as well i mean i know that you know we have challenges with with employees and with staff because that's just part of running a business and it's a part of managing and working with people. Um, some of those challenges that you had when it was more of a hobby, uh, you know, you're, you still face occasionally, but you've got such a great communication process now with all of your team and all of your franchisees as well, that they continually feel supported. They feel recognized. They get rewarded. You've really built, not only a community for your clients um, and your franchisees' clients, but you've built a community for the franchisees and your staff members as well, so that they're, they're just loving the business as much as you are, right? Yeah, yeah, I hope so. Um, and that's definitely been another challenge, like, because obviously as the team has grown, trying to, yeah, remember those ones um, in the wider circle that I don't necessarily see every day. But we've, yeah, we've built it into the system that, you know, we have the instructor socials every two months and all our franchisees have to do the same because it is important that you have an amazing environment for your work, um, for your workers as well. I mean, that's who face your students and your clients every day. So if they're not loving the job, then, you know, they're not putting out a good vibe there. So, yeah, we've basically everything we've done around that we have tried to systemize and actually build it into processes of like, how do you treat your staff and what are you doing with them? How are you rewarding them? Um, and it's definitely been an area that we've had to work with because we've grown so fast that bringing them along with us and making sure they didn't get scared by how businessy we got um, was a big part of our journey or still is really because it's a very different place now as to what our instructors signed up to um, three, three, four years ago. So yeah, that communication has had to be really strong and open and not letting them get too scared that we're getting too corporate or anything. Yeah. It's, it's an interesting thing when we talk about recognition and reward being the two most motivating factors when it comes to staff and probably the biggest challenge and a downfall a lot of those sort of more small to medium businesses trying to get bigger is is a lack of communication from the vision of the owner all the way down to you know that newbie staff member who's just trying to to learn how to do a good job um, and I think what you said earlier is, is fantastic as part of that because you you had to remove yourself from the business you had to put the right systems in um, and using the, the MPE tools and processes so that you could 
empower your team to perform in the business just as if it was their own. And then you, you can manage the numbers and do the things that you do well and be in the meetings and support that continued growth and really drive that longer and bigger vision, knowing that they've got the right tools and, and systems to use themselves. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And um, I guess the thing with that is the newer instructors and the newer teammates that we've brought on, we've gotten much better at onboarding them the right way and having those sit downs with me so they get the vision. And I think it really highlights just um, the better way of doing it it is because our people our instructors who've been with us for longer who didn't get any of that when they first joined um, are definitely more not scared but yeah are struggling more with how it is now and it's that just highlights the difference between onboarding people correctly and giving them the time yeah yeah, it's powerful stuff. Well, look, it's been amazing to watch your journey. I know this is just the start because you've got some bigger plans too, right? I'm not sure whether we're allowed to talk about that, but it's some <laughs> continued growth, not just uh, with the existing six, right? Yeah, well, I think um, New Zealand is only so big and I definitely don't want to step on any toes of current studios that are open here. And there's only so many cities that can sustain, you know, a lot of studios. So we're definitely going to outgrow New Zealand soon. So um, starting kind of early next year, at the end of this year, then I want to start looking internationally for some more studio spaces over there. I think this business model is just so good. And we're really proving that here in New Zealand now and getting our numbers right. Um, that I want to, yeah, provide this lifestyle to more people. And so I think to do that, moving over to kind of the States or UK, um, will be where we start looking next. And I'm really excited about that because that's going to be, yeah, just open up so many more opportunities for people and I see this whole thing grow. Yeah, and create that community. It's it's fantastic to see, a, you know, your development and growth into that worldwide vision is going to be very exciting. And you've certainly done yeah. incredible things in the last three and a bit years. I can only imagine what's going to happen in, in another, you know, not literally two, because you just keep getting quicker and quicker. This isn't slowing down, um, which is awesome. So um, I know you're, you know, we've, we've spent some time looking at talking about a bunch of things just to sort of bring all this in for a landing here what would your advice be for others who are listening to this story and, and maybe have a business already or, or maybe thinking about growing one and developing one or wanting to really take theirs to the next level what you what would your advice be for those who are listening to this story Carrie? oh god again it's where do I start <laughs> um I think a big part of it definitely for me was just to believe what was possible and to always think bigger because when you're in that struggling space you know, all you're trying to do is get out of it and have that, that one studio that works. And that's awesome. But I think if you kind of 10x your goal, um, as good old Grant Cardone would say, then it makes everything just seem a bit more achievable. So, you know, if you kind of think, nah, one studio, is, it's really, it's doable for anyone. It's the same process. Like it really is just a blueprint model that you follow and it will work for any business. You just need to know what that blueprint is and that formula is. And that's what NPE have showed me like it's the same things for everyone you look at the numbers you do the right things and your business will work and it's really not magic or luck or anything you just follow the process and then as soon as you stop thinking that the big highlight is one successful studio and you start thinking bigger then the one successful one isn't you know it's not scary anymore it's totally doable um and you just need to change that mindset a bit yeah follow the instructions isn't that what you guys say <laughs> 
<laughs> That's exactly. I've got that written so, somewhere in one of my yeah. MPE notebooks. <laughs> Absolutely. Client success principle number six, follow the dang instructions. You hit the nail on the head. Well done, Carrie. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> uh, it's awesome, and and it is super exciting to see your growth, and I love what you've been able to achieve, and and you've been such an amazing part of our community as well, and you know you're inspiring so many other people to think bigger and to have a, a clear vision themselves and to have a bigger goal that they're working towards as well. So, look, thank you so much for your time today. I know there's going to be a bunch of people inspired and probably wondering how they can uh, uh, get in contact with you as well for those opportunities down the track, which would be great to see. We love having you in the community and we can't wait to continue to support and help you to achieve those, those that big vision and those big goals that you've got. So thanks again, Carrie. You really are a, a true inspiration. Oh, thanks, Rick. Well, yeah, thanks to you guys. This is where I am. I wouldn't be here without MPA. That's 100% true. Well, congratulations. I'm sure we'll get updated in a few months' time because you'll probably have put a one <laughs> at the front of those six. Um, but congrats on what you've done so far and you enjoy the rest of your time with your beautiful family and we'll speak to you again very soon, Carrie. Thanks, Rick. <laughs> See ya. Take care. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Secrets to Their Fitness Business Success podcast with me, Sean Greeley. If you like the show, then head on over to npefitness.com slash podcast to download the show notes, subscribe, and enter to win over 25,000 in free prizes we're giving away to celebrate the launch of the show. Be well, and we'll see you in the next episode.